Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, the state of Utah is known to be a very family-friendly state. Today, Governor Spencer Cox has announced that Amy Winter Newton will head the new Office of Families, and she joins us on the line. Thanks so much for uh, making some time for us. A busy day today. Yes, no problem. Happy to always join with you, Boyd. Uh, so let's let's dive in and let's talk about what this is. What is the Office of Families? What's the purpose? What's the focus? Well, so this is something the governor spoke about in his State of the State this last January. And um, one of the things that he said is that the purpose is not to inject more government into families. It's the exact opposite to make sure that government policies are not harming families and that we're coordinating government services to help parents and child children succeed. So we're looking at this office, and this is a brand new office. So the aim is to support Utah families through proactive rather than reactive strategies and policies. I mean, so many times in government you see that we get involved because we have to solve a problem down the road. Maybe somebody's part of the criminal justice system, or now they're in poverty and homeless, or um, there's things that, that government tries to help with. This is an initiative to help on the front end. We know if we strengthen families and if we help support parents and children, that they will be more successful because it's in the home where we can have the greatest success for our kids. And so that's the purpose of this office. Uh, that's great. And it is a uh, I, I love the approach that it is a let's let's build a, a fence at the at the top of the cliff rather than just parking the ambulances uh, down in the valley. Uh, and I love that as an approach. Talk specifically about some of the areas that you'll be looking at. You mentioned poverty, early childhood education. What are some of the things that are going to be high on your priority list as as you open and really launch uh, this this new uh, this new group? Well, so because this isn't my initiative, it's the governor's initiative. One of the first things I'll be doing um, when I start tomorrow is sitting down with the governor and lieutenant governor and understanding their priorities and and what they've been talking about. I know a lot of the state departments have been involved in also brainstorming on on some initiatives and and some of the data and things that they're seeing. And so gathering that information is going to be the first part of my job. Um, I want to make sure I'm working collaboratively across state departments with advocacy groups and with the legislator legislature so that we have we can look at existing policies that maybe aren't helping and are maybe hurting families, but also figuring out where do we need to go from here. And so that'll be some of the the first um, things on the docket for me. I also recognize that one of the things that we want to do is continue our brand of being the most family-friendly state in the nation. And so that's a big priority as well and looking at how we can make that happen. Yeah, and as you look at that, you you mentioned that Governor Cox had mentioned and stated that this was a priority in his uh, State of the State address. Uh, What is your sense in terms of one thing that's going to be high on that priority? What's the real uh, genesis of this particular uh, role and assignment uh, from the governor's perspective? You know, I think as we look at um, the future of our kids, I know that is a high priority for the governor, and he's very concerned about the future of our children. And so 
Um, you know, often government focuses on those who are really in need, um, and that's great that we do that. But sometimes we don't give support to families that are just trying to get by day by day and may need some mentoring or may need, um, you know, some sort of a skill or or need some ideas of what they can do differently. And so, um, you know, this is going to be, I think, uh, I think there's, there's a few different pillars. The first one is looking at existing policies and figuring out, you know, what's hurting, what's helping, what can we do differently from a policy standpoint, but then we'll also be looking at initiatives. And I feel like we need to look at data driven um, and measurable goals so that we're actually making a difference and not just throwing money at things. So many times government is great at just throwing money at stuff and not rolling it back when it's not working. And so me being a very data-driven um, person, I, I feel like that's something that we need to have as measurables with outcomes and indicators to show um, whether something that we're doing is working. And and sometimes the answer may be we need to get government out of the way. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes I think government inhibits what's happening um, on the, with families, and we've got to look at that as well. And so those will be kind of some of the different areas that we're looking. As far as specifics yet, I mean, I haven't started the job yet, so I can't, I, I can't give you the answer on that. You, you got uh, 12 hours. We can talk again in a few months. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, like let's talk again in a few months once we've got some of this stuff going. Oh, so. I was going to shoot for 9 a.m. tomorrow. Just give you time oh, to get well. in and get rolling. But I do, love, I do love this focus on results, both what is currently happening, what results are being produced, and using the data uh, to really d- drive the policy is so important. Before I, before I let you go, we've been having this conversation. The president, of course, is going to speak tomorrow. Uh, to the nation on the battle for the soul of the nation. And uh, we don't think that belongs uh, to a political party or to a president of of either party or to an institution of government for that matter. And so we're asking uh, just a wide swath of people, what is the soul of the nation? So I'm going to put you on the spot, Amy. What uh, to you is the soul or a portion, a piece of the soul of the nation? Hey, the soul of the nation is families. I mean, that's that's got to be my answer here, because I know how it impacts my own children. I know how it impacts me. We've all got to have that support system. And if we don't have that and that's not intact, our, what is our nation? We've, we've got to have good, strong families. And, and Boyd, I got to mention, too, we're not just talking about traditional families. We're talking about uh, grandparents raising their grandchildren, LGBTQ couples with children, foster families, single parent families, yeah. as well as traditional families. So that to me is is what we've got to do. Uh, fantastic. Amy Winder-Newton, new senior advisor to Governor Cox and director of the new Office of Families and some great perspective on the soul of the nation as well. We'll let you get to work tomorrow and then we'll start dialing in and uh, getting an update from there. But thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Again, that's Amy Winder-Newton. Again, just announced today that uh, Governor Spencer Cox has named Amy Winder Newton as a senior advisor and director of this new Office of Families. And I I love the approach. I love the idea of going in and assessing what's working, what's going right, what's going wrong, what could be done better. What are the results that are being uh, driven and what can we measure? Look at the data. And then making those decisions. Do we continue with this? Does this need more resources, less resources? Do we need to get it all the way out of the way? Is it just uh, holding families back and families of all kinds? I think is so important. And I I do appreciate Amy's focus on that part of the soul of the nation, which is the nation's families uh, all across the country in all its forms uh, makes all the difference. And we're going to continue this conversation. And this is your opportunity to weigh in on Inside Sources. Uh, You can dial 801-575-7668. 
and uh, just state your name, and then you've got 30 seconds uh, to just speak and share your vision of what is the soul of the nation. Where is it? What is it? Why is it? How is it? What undermines it? What supports it? Uh, This is your chance to sound off, and we're going to play some of those uh, coming up. So again, if you're looking for a chance to raise your voice today, 801-575-7668 is the number, and then you get you get 30 seconds uh, to make your case. So what is the soul of the nation? We'll play those today. We'll play some of those tomorrow as well as we look forward to what President Biden will say about the battle for the soul of the nation as well. All right, uh, we're going to step aside for some bottom of the hour news. And when we come back, we're going to dive into this very thought, the soul of the nation. We're going to share a couple with you. Representative John Curtis weighs in. Uh, along with Mayor Mendenhall, with their view of what is the soul of the nation. You want to stick around for that here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.